Come in. Here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying co-worker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort. Slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Hello there, Hawkeye fans, and welcome to the Hawk Fanatic Mailbag Podcast. I am recording at or on Wednesday, May the 31st at about 1020 a.m. Central Time. Uh, I am Rob Howe, and uh, uh, recording this a day after we normally normally record these on Tuesday, but I spent, uh, yeah, I left my house at 8 a.m. yesterday for Des Moines for state soccer. And returned at 10.30 p.m. after the night games, the big schools, 4A, were uh, postponed until tonight after the girls play because uh, it opened. The skies opened up there at about, oh, 6.45, 7 o'clock and lightning and all that stuff. And there was a bunch of lightning in, in Des Moines last night. I wish we would have gotten some of that rain here in Iowa City. Uh, but I know I wish for rain and then it'll rain for like seven days in a row. Um, and that's the way it goes, but I had a good time down at the state soccer. Uh, it's a really nice event. They do a good job down there at County soccer park in Des Moines. So got to see, uh, Regina and Liberty win West branch came up short, unfortunately, but that is not what you guys are here to listen to, uh, hit you with the headlines here. Uh, Gary Barter retired. Uh, many of us, Pat Hardy from Hawk Fanatic, myself, I wrote it for Hawkeye Nation. Uh, I know Mike Halas, Chad Leistico. We all, Scott Docterman, my partner on the, uh, Hawkeye Hotspot podcast, which we'll record tomorrow on June the 1st. Uh, we all kind of wrote the same thing. I mean, it's a somewhat of a complicated legacy for Gary Barta. Um, some good and some really, really noticeable bad. Um, uh, it depends on how you weigh it, I guess. For me personally, I felt like the bad outweighed the good. Uh, but for 17 years, I mean, he had to have done a lot of good there to be able to stay in that position <laughs> for various other reasons as well. But um, I was uh, searching for a new AD. We're supposed to hear this week about who the interim would be. I would, Guess that is Beth Getz, uh, former Ball State AD, former interim Minnesota AD, um, and potential next AD at Iowa. Google her. 
uh, very qualified for the position. Uh, I know it's gotten some blowback, but uh, check out her accomplishments and I think she's uh, progressive with the landscape of major college athletics right now, has a pretty good handle on that. So I uh, believe she would probably be a good hire, but I don't know who else is out there. And I think you have to open it up, don't you? Uh, you're a power five school in the Big Ten with an athletic directorship open. And this next athletic director, more than likely, like overwhelmingly more than likely, uh, will hire the next football coach, which is that's that's the biggest that is the biggest task that an ad is is tasked with so to speak so um there's that and i have some questions on gary border from you guys too which i'll i'll answer in a bit um iowa baseball uh opens up ncaa tournament play this friday 6 p.m. central acc network against North Carolina. That is in Terre Haute, Indiana. Indiana State is the host school. Earlier in the day, they will play Wright State. It's a double elimination. Uh, winner of that regional goes on to the Super Regional. Uh, Iowa finished second at the Big Ten Tournament last week. I'm not sure how much that helped seeding, maybe pushed them from a three to a two, I guess, at best. Uh, but you're still not hosting. and You still have to go on the road. But not an overwhelmingly difficult regional. It's they're all going to be tough at this point. And I think the most interesting thing about the matchup with the Tar Heels for Iowa is that it's obviously a Southern school with not as good a record, but a very strong schedule. Uh, not only in the ACC, uh, where it plays Clemson, who's the fourth overall seed and winner of the conference. Uh, they played Coastal Carolina on the road uh, for their last midweek game. Uh, Coastal Carolina is hosting in the big or in the uh, NCAA tournament, so um, it's going to be a tough task on Friday. Marcus Morgan uh, gets the call, gets the ball on the mound. He was he was pretty good in Omaha. He had a pretty good start on Tuesday of last week, and then came in and gave two good innings uh, in the championship game. Uh, and then I would just couldn't get anything going, uh, offensively in that game and lost four, nothing, uh, to Maryland, uh, who was also in the tournament along with Indiana from the big 10. So the big 10 got three teams in, uh, and we'll see how they represent themselves and Northern baseball and the big 10 conference in this tournament. It would be nice to see one of those teams, hopefully Iowa, make a run not a whole lot else going on here uh this weekend kind of kicks off the big on-campus iowa football recruiting camps um they'll bring prospects in uh throughout this month and get a look at them some have offers some are trying to get offers uh, be offered by iowa so keep an eye on that this month you've got the big official visit weekend uh, which is, I think, the third weekend in June where you'll have um, committed recruits from the 24 class come in on their official visits along with some of the top targets that are uncommitted. So always an important weekend for Iowa football. Big recruiting month off of a big recruiting month in May. So we'll have that to look forward to. Iowa and Fran McCaffrey and Lisa Bluter, basketball coaches are out there um, looking for talent down the road. So I guess that's enough headlines and lead in. Let's uh, take your questions here. And this goes down, goes back to May 23rd, 
which was when I recorded last. This one must have gotten in late uh, by Drake Timbers at Drake Timbers on Twitter. Uh, do you know which players absconded with Cade McNamara to sunny California? Um, I do not. I did not hear that. I'll try to ask Scott Dockerman tomorrow on the Hotspot podcast if he's heard anything about that. I know that happened, but I don't know who went with him. And I'm not really sure why you need to go to California to do that, but I don't know. They probably have their reasons. Um, but I think in Iowa City, you could be uh, more inclusive with in terms of uh, who you're working with. But I don't know the details, so I'm not going to be critical of that. It's uh, something I'm sure we'll we'll talk about if we get Cade. Uh, we'll, we'll get a couple rounds of player football player interviews uh, sometime this month, and I think again in July, but maybe not. Maybe it's twice in June uh, before we get the Big Ten football media days in Chicago, I think, this year. And then – uh, media day will probably be early August uh, for Iowa here in Iowa City. Drake Timbers, this was from the 24th. Uh, how many new departments will be created after football players become employees? All those new bureaucrats need offices and conference rooms. Is that enough of a construction boom to prevent this coming recession? <laughs> Under clouds pregnant with water, Iowa fans scared. I think you just... I mean, you'd really have to screw this up, and I'm not saying it's not possible, uh, or I'm, I guess I'm saying that it is possible that uh, it could get screwed up, but there's so much money here that, I mean, I, 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 I don't have confidence that the NCAA is going to figure this out. Um, it's almost like it would be better off if somebody else would take over for the NCAA just in this instance where you're talking about employees uh, with uh, – student athletes on campus, particularly, you know, the uh, revenue sports and, um, you know, trying to figure out how that works. But I don't spend a lot of time thinking about that stuff. I mean, I kind of follow it just because it's what I do, but it's, and I don't know, maybe this is a wrong approach by me. It's, it's out of my hands. I really, I, I, I don't – It's what's happened so far has been kind of wonky and unpredictable with NIL and the transfer portal. Trying to predict what's going to happen from here on is just, to me, a waste of energy. I just kind of wait to see, you know, when we get the Big Ten football schedule for 2024. Uh, is there, are there going to be divisions? I just – I don't spend a lot of time worrying about that stuff. They'll tell us when they've come to a decision, and I kind of feel that same way about the employees. Um, if that if it comes to pass, we'll see. Um, it would be great if the NCAA and its member institutions found a way to be proactive with this instead of going to the Supreme Court or something of that nature and losing uh, in court and then have having what we have now with NIL, which is no – Basically, no regulation, uh, but I don't have confidence in the NCAA being proactive and doing, you know, working ahead here uh, and trying to get a system in place that benefits everybody. So, Drake Timbers, this one's from the 25th. You can tell Drake thinks about the Mailbag podcast frequently. There are There's a theory we we map our nervous system by the most advanced tech at that time. 
Humors control the body via aqueduct. Nerves equal telegraph wire. Brian equals computer. Does AI and atom transistors mean the soul consciousness is next, like how Clark's greatness affects other Iowa sports? This is the question that we get to in this portion of the podcast where it's kind of a out there existential type question from Drake, and I just leave it to marinate with you guys. So hopefully you can rewind and listen to that question again and, uh, you know, spend some time and thought. Uh, AP Hawkeye at Andy Paul Rules. This is from the 27th. If you could change the outcomes of two Hawkeye games and one other sporting event of any kind, what would they be? Well, anytime the the Knicks could have won a, a championship, I think, or the Jets, I guess, for that matter. I'll take either one of those two. Uh, for the Hawkeyes, um, trying to think here, trying to be diplomatic uh, with this. Um. 2002 Orange Bowl against USC. I, I lean that way a little bit over the Rose Bowl, although both were uh, a you know a, a chance for Iowa to you know really finish the season on a high note and be among they were among the top teams in the country those seasons in 02 and 15. Uh, but I would say uh, either those two. Outcomes both changing, I think, changes trajectory of the program a little bit. Um, and then and maybe it doesn't. I don't know if it's that big of a deal. And then just one of these times to have the Iowa men's basketball team break through to the Sweet 16 somewhere along, along the line <laughs> since the late 90s. Just have one season, whether it be, you know, the game against, uh, was it was it Tennessee that they played? When they went to Ohio a few years ago and took them to overtime, I think that game would have been just getting to the Sweet 16 at some point. Any point during this thing would have been great. Um, AP Hawkeye, again, at Andy Paul Rules. This is from the 27th. Hey, Rob, you've covered a ton of great Hawkeye events in your career. If you could go back and watch any one of those games just as a fan, which one would it be? Um. Another good question. I probably should have read these before, but I've been, as I've said, very busy and on the run. My son is graduating from high school this week, so uh, he's out today at his elementary school with uh, other members of his class uh, going back and uh, checking in with those teachers from elementary school. So cool event there that they do here in Iowa City, Uh, but he's graduating uh, we got the party on Saturday. Graduation is Sunday at Extreme. So if you don't need to be around the Extreme area, can you please not be there so the traffic isn't as bad and as long of a nightmare? I'm trying to bring my in-laws in. They're old and uh, got to get them in there. So please do us a favor. If you're not in City High's graduation on Sunday or involved, please stay away from the Iowa River Landing. Coffee sip. Yes, I am still drinking coffee at 10.30 a.m. It was a long day yesterday. Um, Getting back to Andy's question, uh, as a fan, um, probably the Rose Bowl, just because I think that experience is different as a fan than as a media member. Um, Just to enjoy that, not having to work uh, would be nice, I think. Um, 
so yeah, probably that one as a fan. Uh, you know what? It's probably a good time to take a break. I'm going through these questions a little bit quickly here, and uh, I apologize for that, but I'm trying to get on to other things. As I said, I've got a lot on my plate this week with graduation. Uh, I will let you folks know, and you probably should know if you're a regular listener to this podcast, that support for it comes from Systems Unlimited, celebrating 50 years of providing services to people living with disabilities and mental health needs throughout East Central Iowa. A list of their services and upcoming events can be found at sui.org. That is sui.org. Systems Unlimited, doing great work for over 50 years for the folks in East Central Iowa, and we appreciate them supporting this podcast as well. We also appreciate these sponsors you're going to hear from now. And I'll be back on the other side to uh, wrap up the Mailbag Podcast. Hang in there. Hi, I'm Jim Street, owner of Streets Maintenance. As a licensed, insured, and bonded master plumber, I specialize in all plumbing repairs, including but not limited to water heater and sump pumps to toilet and faucet repairs and replacements. For more information about my business, I'm online at streetsmaintenance.com and Facebook, or give me a call at 400-4483. 400-4483. Hi, this is AJ Perez, managing partner at Deary Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Waukee and Iowa City. I'm so proud of our team at both locations. We are committed to one thing, giving our customers the absolute best when it comes to service and a car buying experience, the kind of experience that brings you back. What makes us different? We believe at Deary, we don't just sell cars, we help people buy them. Do you need a great electrical contractor or fire and water restoration specialist? Well, contact Lance Bolin at LB Electric and LJ Construction in North Liberty. Lance has served the corridor for many years and is ready to help you. Call Lance Bolin at 319-640-1116. That's 319-640-1116. Or visit LJ underscore construction on Instagram for licensed and insured electrical work, fire and water restoration, and remodeling. And we are back on the Hawk Fanatic Mailbag Podcast. Moving along here again, Wednesday, May the 31st. We're now a little after, well, we're at 10.36 a.m. Central Time. So just to give you a frame of reference uh, for when we are recording and when uh, when you do listen to this, hopefully. Um, 44MLS at 44MLS has a couple. These are from the 29th, which would have been Monday. Uh, he was anticipating the recording on Tuesday, probably before I sent out, uh, my, uh, what do you want to call it? Update. I think on Monday on Twitter, I said I would be at state soccer and, uh, punting till today to do this podcast. But anyway, a couple from less. I hope you and your family had a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Right back at you, Les. We did. Uh, a weekend to remind us how lucky we are to enjoy the freedoms we have because of those who paid the ultimate sacrifice. Agreed. On a lighter note, will Iowa fans continue to blame Barter for losses, etc.? cetera? <laughs> um, I think he's on the hook for Brian Ferentz, uh, even when he leaves. I think more of that will more. And, and that's if Brian Ferentz continues to stumble this season. Uh, I tend to think Iowa's offense uh, will be, I don't want to say much improved, but 
take a noticeable step forward, I will say, uh, with the additions on that side of the ball through the transfer portal, uh, some development within, uh, and then an easier schedule. I think all of those things will play into the offense being uh, much more digestible for the Iowa fans. Uh, I don't see explosive. I don't see high scoring, but I see a better complement to what Iowa has on special teams and defense. And really, those are the keys to success. When you can do that around here, uh, have three phases carrying their weight, contributing, playing complementary football, you could have a special season. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen this season, but the setup ain't bad. So, uh, yeah, Barta, I don't know. I think Barta's legacy has been written. And, again, I have somebody else asking me about my opinion on that, uh, Gary. And I'll get to that in a minute. But hes I, I don't think he leaves with a very high approval rating at all. Um, again, once you get to the state tournament, in order to be the best, you got to beat the best regardless of seed. However, I was wondering how seeding works for state tournaments, basketball, soccer, et cetera. Is it based on who you played, et cetera? As always, thanks. Um, I don't, I'm not very well versed at this, Les, but I asked Ryan Merkin from Your Prep Sports, check out that website. Uh, that's who I work for as well, shooting photos and doing some other, uh, work for, for it. It's a really good high school site if you're in, our area here, the Iowa City, uh, covers the three public Iowa City schools, Regina, Solon, Clear Creek, and West Branch. So if you're in our area, uh, do, does a great job covering those schools um, beyond what I do photo-wise. But good coverage from the state tournament yesterday. As I said, Regina and Liberty advance, West Branch falls, West gets postponed till tonight. Um, but from what I understand is there are committees. I don't know if there's coaches. I would think it's coaches, but, um, so they kind of just like Dallas center Grimes who played Liberty was the number one ranked team in the state, but they weren't the number one seed in the tournament. So there's obviously some type of evaluation going on. I just think it's really hard to know when you're comparing, you know, a team from council bluffs to a team from Davenport, if they've not played, or played a lot of like schools. So I think it's an inexact thing. I've noticed uh, inexact process. I've noticed some pretty major discrepancies when we get to state. And I'll, I'll fully admit I don't cover this stuff or I don't follow this stuff on the daily, but I do keep up when I'm shooting events and kind of keep up. I do. I work for Prep Red Zone and Prep Dig too. So vol- in-state volleyball and football are, uh, and I also, for Prep Hoops boys, uh, do some work for them as well. So I have a pretty good idea, but that's more individual players than teams. Uh, but I'm going off on a tangent here. I think there are committees that uh, that end up seeding those teams for the tournament. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's hard. I don't envy them having to do that. Um, but hopefully, the, as you said, Les, the cream rises to the top and you have to go through – you know, however many teams, I guess it would be three in soccer for, I know your rooting interest is Regina. Um, they win in the semifinals tomorrow. They get to play on Saturday in the championship. They win that. Whoever it is you put in front of them, if they win three, they're state champs, and that's all that really matters. So um, Jesse Lucier at Jesse underscore Lucier on Twitter. 
Some people are normal in real life, but all of a sudden, once on social media, they become crazy. Anyways, have you ever met Dan Dockich in real life? I asked this week. I I asked as this week he embarrassed himself again after he started a tasteless Twitter feud with Bohannon and Ron Harper Jr. I saw a little bit of that, Jesse, and I just – I used to – dive into that stuff when I saw it on social media, just read the comments, all that stuff that we do. I've really pulled back from doing that recently. I don't think it's healthy for me. You know, everybody can do them, but for me, it's just not healthy to go down those rabbit holes. Um, it changes my mood. Um, I would probably recommend that for Dan Dockage to get off of Twitter uh, and get off of doing things like this. But I think the main thing for Dan is attention. He had that attention when he was at ESPN. People paid attention to him. When he was a coach, people paid attention to him. He's fallen away from some of those uh, those platforms because, in large part, the way he acts and his outspokenness. It's okay to be outspoken, but when you're mean – um, you go after people to try to get people to pay attention to you for no good reason. Those are things that I think just turn people off. Um, he would do well to, to stay away from that. And I have not met him. Um, I, I got into it once with him on Twitter and it was over Steve Alford, I think. Um, and I'm not going down that road right now either. Um, but needless to say, we were on opposite sides of that discussion uh he being an indiana alum as well as steve so you know he's got steve's back there um but he has a different and inaccurate um account of what happened here when steve alford was the head coach some really unsavory things as you guys will remember again i'm not going into that as either um but he has Kind of an excuse machine for Steve Alford that those of us that lived through that and covered that know is is not the truth and um, called him out on that. And he got nasty, which he normally does. So I really had never had an interest in meeting him. Um, he's a fool, to be honest with you. And hopefully he gets help. Jesse Lucier, again, this is from May 30th, which was yesterday. Who are the most celebrated, beloved assistant coaches in Iowa athletics history? Where would you put Phil Parker on this list? I think he's right there along with Norm. Uh, Football-wise, from during my time here, um, I think, you know, from Hayden's time, Bill Snyder, uh, Bernie Wyatt, uh you know, you can go down. There are a lot from from Hayden's time here, basketball wise. Uh, Rich Walker was very beloved by you know players um, during his time under Doctor Tom. Um, I think Sherm Dillard's somebody who's uh, gained a lot of fans during his time here as well. Jan Jensen for women's basketball certainly uh, is. Uh, is very well liked and respected. Uh, those are the ones that kind of pop to my mind, Jesse. I'm sure I'm missing somebody, and I apologize if I am. Uh, but those are the ones. And wrestling, you know, Terry Brands, maybe um, assistance for Gable. 
things like that that have gone on and, you know, had, you know, run their own programs and done well. So uh, that to me uh, is the, the list that pops to my mind. I may, I, I know I'm probably forgetting somebody and I apologize for that. Uh, H period Jones Jr. at HJJR38 on Twitter. Barter will leave a legacy. Sorry about that. My voice went a little goofy. Barter will leave a legacy of both winning and scandal. In your estimation, were the wins worth the costs? What would you over what would your overall grade be on his tenure at Iowa? I'm not good at like the letter grade things. Um C, maybe, I guess. I don't know. Take that for what it's worth. Um, as I said earlier, I just you know, the Meyer uh, grease bomb situation, uh, James Daniels going to his office back in 2019, James Daniels, after finishing his rookie year with the Bears, came back to finish his school at Iowa that spring semester of 2019. That was after the internal investigation uh, or the internal uh, survey report found racial bias within the Iowa football program. Uh, James went to his office, gave it context, asked for change, and basically Barta did not really do much to make the football program changed. change. Uh, Chris Doyle went on to continue to uh, abuse his power. Kirk Ferentz continued to not do anything about it, and Gary Barta did not do anything to make them do anything about it. So, um it extended beyond that time where more uh, discrimination was taking place within the Iowa football program. And to me, those two things, you know, that and dropping programs willy nilly, um, you know, um, the way he handled Gary Dolphin uh, a couple times when Gary got into uh, some hot water I thought was unfair, uh, just leaving leaving him hanging. Um, he raised money, and he had good coaches, but Brands, Bluter, and Ference weren't his hires, and he had a horrible hire with Licklider and then kind of landed on his feet with Fran, uh, and I'm not sure how much he had to do with that because I just don't think there was much demand for the job. I think he got a little lucky with Fran, but I'll give him that. He he was able to do that. He's done. He got Heller and Joey Woody, uh, who've helped those programs. Uh, Lisa Salucci for field hockey after the great grease bomb episode um, has been a good hire. Uh, softball, Renee Gillespie, jury's still out. Made a pro- made progress this year with the NIT uh, victory. Has to take the next step forward there, but won enough. Won a lot. Did well. Uh, kept his coaches happy, um, maybe to the you know maybe to the detriment of the the athletic department at times. But uh, I just think the the bad for me personally, and everybody has their own op- opinion on this. The bad was so bad that it outweighed the good in my mind. Um, do you have any info on the severity of the injuries Bostic and Anderson are battling through? Thanks. Bostic's injury, and that's uh, Jacob Bostic and uh, Seth Anderson, the two receivers at Iowa, for those that don't know who he's referring to. Um, Bostic was, had, a, I, I would say, a significant leg injury 
Um, he was riding around on a scooter during spring ball when we saw him. Anderson was walking around, and I think his was more of precautionary. Um, hamstring, maybe? I'm not positive, though. Um, but he should be fine for summer workouts. Bostic um, may be limited, and then we'll see what happens when we roll around to camp. Uh, but Bostic was certainly the more severe of the two. Um, and I think Seth Anderson, they just didn't want to push it through with what they have at receiver and the lack of depth. Uh, cause that was before Caleb Brown joined too. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Bostic has a chance to play opening week or be available to play. And Anderson, provided he doesn't have any setbacks this summer, I think we'll be good to go. Um, California Hawkeye at Dean Freen, uh, on your prospect podcast, can you interview Ava Jones? I've thought about that, Dean. Um, I don't know if she's comfortable doing that. She doesn't do a lot of interviews, so I can reach out and see if we could possibly do that. But if she's not comfortable, I'd rather not do that um, and wait till she gets here. Uh, where we can interview her in person. But I know a lot of people would like to hear from her, but um, she is still working her way back and going through a lot. So uh, maybe that's what she needs to be focused on right now. Uh, Trip Manfro checked in this morning with several questions. Um, what happens first? And that is at PFAC51 on Twitter. Uh, which happens first, 2024 Big Ten Conference football schedule schedule or Halloween 23? I think we'll get the structure of the Big Ten football schedule in 2024, kind of, you know, whether or not there'll be divisions, uh, protected rivalries, uh, answers to some of those questions. I don't know if they'll actually have a schedule put together by Halloween. I hope they do. Um but I would say I'm going to waffle on your question, Trip, and say uh, partial. We'll have partial resolution to the 2024 Big Ten Conference football schedule by uh, Halloween. At least I hope. Um, over under two and a half night football games in 23. I am going to go under the two and a half. I think there'll be two um, this season. The schedule's not really attractive, which doesn't necessarily dictate. Sometimes they'll take a less attractive game and put it on night th- at night, thinking that'll draw more people just because they're around at night and more people watch TV at night. Uh, but I don't, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking at the schedule. Obviously, uh, Penn State, I believe is a night game. Um, and then maybe you get like, they're going to try to avoid the November night games, so maybe Michigan State or somebody like that would be a night game, but not sure. So I'll go under that one. Um, and then lastly from Trip Manfro, how is the 2023 men's non-conference basketball schedule coming together and the 23 women's non-conference basketball schedule coming together? We usually have those things by now. You're right, Trip. Um I think we'll get some resolution here within the next month on those uh, and get a better idea as we get into the summer uh, what those will look like. They're partially done at this point. We have some, uh, you know, um, games already uh, 
scheduled and been announced on the schedule. Uh, I'm going on Hawkeye Sports right now. To um, yeah, they have nothing on here uh, for the next season schedule. So, you know, you have your normal. We we have, we know that the, the uh, Iowa goes to Creighton for men's basketball uh, in the in the Gavit game. So we have that one already announced. We know they'll play at Iowa State, um, but just not much more beyond that. So we'll get an idea. Uh, hopefully soon. Hopefully we'll get a uh, resolution on this. It's usually, I think what it may have to do with trip is the new TV deal. You've got, you know, not doing ESPN when you're going to Fox and potentially more CBS games, potentially maybe even NBC games, I guess. Um, I know they're paying for football. Maybe they get into the, the basketball arena as well. But I think particularly for the women's team this year with Caitlin and company, you want to get some marquee games, you know, whether that's South Carolina, um, whether that's LSU, uh, whatever. You, it would be great to see Iowa get a marquee Connecticut, Stanford, um, whoever, to get one or two of those games in the non-conference schedule, I think, now is when you strike when the iron's hot for Iowa women's basketball. It's a national brand right now with Caitlin. Keep pushing that. Keep pushing um, non-conference games that are of national interest, and I think that benefits the program even more moving forward. So, all right, last look here. See if uh, I missed anything or if Trip was the last one in. Trip is the last one in, so we are done. We are done here on the Hawk Fanatic Mailbag Podcast for another week. Again, Wednesday, May the 31st. We're a little bit before 11 a.m. Central Time. Thank you, everybody, for sending in questions. We thank our sponsors a whole lot. Thank you, folks, for listening. And uh, we'll be back Tuesday, regular schedule next week, and it'll be June. So we'll talk to you guys then. Uh, Scott Docterman and I will be on the Hawkeye Hotspot podcast tomorrow. Uh, so I will talk to you again before we get to the mailbag on Tuesday. So thanks again, everybody. And we'll talk to you soon. Until then, peace.